is the story of a man who never belonged anywhere, whose backyard is the world, whose ways of life are the dreams of escape for those who want action but never find it. The man... M.L. Elric, reporter. Get your finger out of my face. Take the first shot, then if you want to count, Get your finger out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Elric? Hey, kids. It's ML Elric, your pal from Fox 2 News, investigative reporter and host of ML's Soul of Detroit. Keeping things on the rails. Hoping we don't fail. Set and sail. Uh... He's cooler than my friend Matt Dale. That's <laughs> Mark Fellhauer. So, sorry, sorry, Matt. I didn't want to throw that out there. And and you may have noticed I'm I sound kind of funny. So I wanted about? To, I want to bring somebody in with some dulcet tones. And Sean Windsor is here in the studio with us. Sean Windsor off the road from the Free Press here in the basement at the Red Shovel Network. And we may even be joined later on by Drew Wave for uh, Room <laughs> Seven Six Zero Nine because we have a lot to talk about. We have been very gratified with the support that we've been getting people subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and other services where uh, great podcasts are available. Of course, we have our website, mlsoulofdetroit.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter, mlsoulofdetroit.com. You can call us at Butterfield 89070. That's 313-288-9070. And you can write us at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. And uh, it's just great to be a part why are you breathing so hard? Well, I'm around all these handsome men. <laughs> so let me tell you why I am sounding kind of weirder than normal. I uh, had your new nose looks great. Septoplasty, which is basically the repair of a deviated septum, and uh, I was getting ready to go to get knocked out. And the first thing I hear the nurse next to me say is, "Okay, first we administer the fentanyl." All right. So that's the good stuff. That's not. Scary. And you said no thanks. I brought my own. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I cut I, up with heroin. Yeah, I said, uh, well, it looked like he left some in the in the tube, and I was wondering, is am I getting all I'm entitled to? Is this is this like when the cops bust you underage with beer that they take the case and they throw it in the cruiser and <laughs> you're, you're helping the policeman's ball? But uh, but no, I with this procedure, I'm assured that I can for once breathe out of both nostrils. They said it won't change my voice. And it won't change my appearance. And then I said, well, then why the hell am I doing it? <laughs> that sucks, though, man. I could use some help with both of those. Really? You, you don't uh, think so? No, you like yourself way more than that, But you, right? you kind of dig me, too, right? There's something creepy I like the way you here. sound right now. I mean, I like the fact that you have gauze under your nose. Well, it's... Which nobody can see, but I can see. I guess it all, it's all that matters. No. Well, it'll it, be the it, cover photo. It, it's... Uh, exactly. Oh, damn it. Oh, I have a pretty freaky cover photo with strings coming out of my nose. They, they, the next day after this procedure, they have things that look like black dental floss that pull two gigantic chiclets out of each nostril that are covered with blood and mucus. And, oh, uh, nice. And hopefully they clean up nice because uh, my anniversary is coming up and I could get the old lady some earrings. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she'd want to wear those. Well, it's a very personal gift, right? Yeah, it's part of you. So. What is in that gauze, by the way? Is that pneumonia? Ammonia, ammonia? Sorry. ammonia. Whatever you got, man. <laughs> or pneumonia. Whatever ammonia. you got. I'll, I'll take it. You're I'll trying to keep it. yourself awake. Were you surprised at the amount of stuff they could stuff up in your nose? Like, cause-wise? Uh, well, I've had a lot of people want to put fists up my nose, so I've never had anything quite as big as, like, Rattai's fist or something, but um, it was, uh, I was... I was more impressed by the amount of stuff that came out of my nose. Yeah. 
So that's was... crazy how much space is in your head. You mean just my head or heads in general? Uh, heads in general. Okay, because I'm trying not to take that personally, but um, but yeah, no, it's it's so. Anyways, folks, I apologize if if these are not uh, if these are not the the rich tenors, not baritone. I'm not a baritone. No, no, it's not a no. not a soprano though. No, it's not. Kicking the ghoulies, maybe, but it's today it's a little Elmer Fuddish, right? So, Sean, it was great having you on the show. Um, we look forward to reaching you at a distant location next time. No, thanks, guys, for, for listening. And, and i got to thank somebody else for listening, a fellow named Yaldo. He yeah. doesn't do nose surgeries, which is good because I think he probably does leaves you in less pain than I am. But he's been a Drew and Mike sponsor for the last 15 months. He's now deciding to sponsor all of the Red Shovel Network shows. Of course, that's ML Soul of Detroit, the Drew and Mike podcast, uh, no filter sports with Eli, Bob, and Denny McLean, and the Charlie LaDuff No BS News Hour. So Yaldo says he's been privileged to have been given custom LASIK and multifocal lens implants to so many of you listeners. And he wants to support all of us, which we appreciate because here's the deal, folks. We love doing this, but we ain't going to do it for free. Um, Yaldo is Michigan's leading LASIK surgery surgeon with over 30,000 procedures performed. His CAT system is the world's most advanced, and multifocal implants is the Rolls-Royce answer for people 50-plus that want to eliminate reading glasses and get 20-20 distance vision for life. Our pal Trudy Daniels, who loves how LASIK changed her life, is also sponsored by Dr. Yaldo on wheels. That's 106.7, so you can catch that this week. In life, you look for what works, whether it's custom LASIK, the remo- remarkable multifocal implants, or getting great designer frames from Dr. Yaldo's optical department. It's worked for you, our loyal listeners, so tell Dr. Y you appreciate him supporting us if you want to get a free evaluation. And to celebrate his belief in the Red Shovel Network, you can get up to half off custom LASIK till May 15th. Tell him you heard about it for the Soul of Detroit discount. He'll do both your eyes, but only charge you for one of them. So uh, I, I, if you're a Cyclops, I guess there's no savings. But, uh, <laughs> but you probably have bigger problems. Yeah, than just that. Yeah, you can reach him at 1-800-398-EYES, 1-800-398-EYES, or go to YaldoEyeCenter.com. Do it I don't know what to today. do with all the money they're giving us. It's crazy. It is crazy. So I, I got to take this thing. I got this crazy gauze under my nose. I oh, gotta, gross. Sorry about that. That was probably not very pretty. But um, it sounded cool, though. It, yeah, that's some nat sound for you. So we had a great show last week, and it was terrific to have my old friend and partner. Well, he's old. He's still my friend, and he's my former partner, Jim Schaefer, to talk about some of our, our, our Pulitzer memories. And one that we didn't get on there was one that wasn't such a, a endearing memory. It's when the Metro Times interviewed me several years ago about all manner of things. And they happened to mention, so that Pulitzer Prize was pretty cool, right? And I said, well, you know, when we got it, we got the pay cut. I know you heard me bitching about that. I said, and they wouldn't put our name on it. So somehow it got into this thing where it turned into some social media battle where I may have referred to the Pulitzer people as high-handed dicks. And I took a lot of heat for that, and people really mad at me. But I, I would just like to say, was, was that in jest? Well, it was kind of a, a throwaway comment, but they were very snooty. I mean, it, it's it's an award given yeah. away by a Ivy League school, yeah. So I mean, you know, they kind of kind of got a uh, 
ivory tower up their ass to begin with. And but, you had got to take a nice picture with uh, Lee Bollinger. Oh yeah, who uh, <laughs> who fought the release of public records, but yeah, now is Michigan's former president extolling the virtues of uh, of uh, transparency. That's yeah. a little irony in, thrown in for the package. But uh, I've since met the Pulitzer people at this hundredth anniversary thing, and we went out and had beers and some very very nice people. And uh, if I hurt anybody's feelings, tough shit. Uh, new Kilpatrick story, by the way, too. I was uh, talking to somebody for a story that we're working on soon. Hopefully, we'll hit the air before too long. And they told me a great Chris Beattie story. It turns out on the day that the text message story popped, she was taking a law class. She had decided, even while she was still working for Kilpatrick, to get a law degree. So she's taking evening classes at Wayne State. And while all the media is sort of hovering around this classroom waiting for her to come out, I'm told Wayne State Police sent a couple of officers to the classroom, asked the professor, you know, can we speak to one of your students? They say, he says, sure. They go see Chris B. They say, ma'am, would you come with us? They kind of spirit her out a back door, get her in a Wayne State cruiser, drive through the middle of campus down that sort of pedestrian um, walkway and that goes through campus, that mall, a beautiful campus at Wayne State, by the way, if you've never been there, and uh, then drop her off at a, at a nearby parking structure where another car picks her up and whisks her away. Really? So every time you think you've heard the last Kilpatrick story, there's always one more. Why would they do that for? I think as a courtesy. I mean, she's a What's student it? in, in a, they in do a that difficult for any student? situation. Uh, I took a film class there, and they never offered to take me anywhere. But then again, I never screwed my boss and cost taxpayers $8 million. Hell so. yeah. Actually, I guess that would that would suggest that you're entitled to less Privilege treatment. Wouldn't That's it? incredible. So, so yeah. How'd you do in the class? I, you know, she ended up dropping out of law school. I think the uh, the ninety days or so she had to what? spend in jail made it hard for her to keep up with the homework. It's crazy, but uh, that's that's the way it goes. And uh, seems like Damn there's always that. there's always a Detroit mayor in trouble. We we've talked on this show about the free press's Duggan coverage. Well, that has now led to a city. Inspector General investigation. The Attorney General has said they may look into it, whatever that means. And now Robert Davis, shitster extraordinaire, is planning to uh, launch a recall campaign to try and get Duggan removed from office for allegedly, supposedly, purportedly favoring a woman who he may or may not be in an illicit relationship with. And uh, I've expressed some reservations about the thoroughness of the story, but this recall is, it's going to be another distraction in the city of Detroit. Just when we thought we're making some progress, Kilpatrick used to say that Detroit's like crabs in a barrel. Whenever one crab looks like he's getting to the top of the barrel, everybody else pulls him back in. And it looks like the haters are in full force going after old Mikey D. Do you think it has legs, a recall petition? Well, uh, Don Barton, the late Don Barton, who brought cable to Detroit, tried to have Dennis Archer recalled about 20 years ago because he was pissed off that he didn't get casino. ownership in a casino. With Jackson? Wasn't, that, yeah. wasn't he involved well, with I Michael think Michael Jackson, Jackson at one time was going to be one yeah. of his partners. Uh, Bubbles was not. No. Yeah, no. apparently Bubbles just couldn't come up with... Uh, he didn't have the cash. Bananas. But the... Um, or the formaldehyde. No, that was that was his other pal. The uh, oh, the elephant man. The elephant man. He was he was his, his other pal. His, his credit his was bones. Bad. Yeah, that's that's where he hangs out with a guy in a tank full of formaldehyde and a monkey who may or may. How not. How did we not know he was up to no good? Yeah, it didn't see it coming. There were no signs whatsoever. But um, but that recall had a lot more money, a lot more behind it, and it didn't go anywhere. But it was a major distraction 
for Mayor Archer. And it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Robert Davis tells me he has $50,000 lined up to help with the recall. That's not going to get it done. And I couldn't help wondering who the $50,000 might have come from. So I called Bob Carmack, who spent a lot of money trying to give Duggan headaches. And he assures me he is not the source of the $50,000. Do you believe him? I tend to believe Bob Carmack. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's sometimes trying to figure out what he's, he's doing and what he's saying requires a little circuitous thinking. But I think for the most part, if he's not always right, it's just because he sees things from a, his own perspective, which we all see things with a little bit of our own perspective. But, but uh, that wouldn't help his case, would it? He wants to jam the mayor. Flying banners. So it's not even about his case. It does not help his case. It's about sticking it to... Well, it does in the sense that it gets a lot of eyeballs on him as to what's going on with this case. Yeah, I guess so. But the only people who are seeing it who have any... are going to be influenced are public officials, judges, what have you. And I think it puts them off. If if it goes to a jury trial, maybe it helps him. But it it seems like it's very early to be trying to uh, sweeten up the jury pool. Sure. But... I wonder if he's going to put any money towards that recall. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Well, Robert Davis will have to disclose where he gets the money if he gets the money. So we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on that. And and that's uh, that's that's your uh, white guys in trouble in Detroit report. Um, Oh wait a minute! What? Who else? There's another white guy in trouble in Detroit who's taking a lot of heat uh, posthumously, I guess. Old. Mr. I. All, all the white mics in Detroit are getting in trouble except for me. Well, no. <laughs> now, the, now the focus seems to be, though, more on Christopher Illich. Is it? Now, now this is an issue that you guys have, uh, have been pretty interested in. I, I'm, kind of, uh, I'm kind of a wait-and-see guy. I, I know that the District Detroit plans, which are now catching the eye of, you know, Cranes did a big report on it a while ago, and now HBO is weighing in. The plans for that District Detroit are very, very grandiose. But what we've seen so far is heavy on the grandy gross, some parking structures and not much else. Surface lots. Yeah. Well, the surface lots, he's actually fixed those up from what they used to look like. But we're supposed to have restaurants and apartment buildings and well, yeah, hotels. He, he and fixed them up so we could squeeze more cars into them. Yeah. Exactly. We did a story, the Free Press did a story on this, actually, right? They're yeah. kind of going against code a little bit, just building up the profit. They built their own headquarters, too. Yeah. So they, I guess if you want to count that. Sure, but that stretch of Woodward is already looking pretty good. I mean, right. I, look, they're they're missing deadlines. I think that's the biggest issue right now. They were supposed to start construction on maybe a hotel mm-hmm. that yes, hasn't I think started. The Eddie Stone. They did build the Mike Illich School of Business. That's oh, open hmm, now. That's so they got a couple. Is that things. a write off? Yeah, right. And none of this, of course, would matter if it if it didn't come from public money to begin with, right? I mean, in other words, what three hundred three hundred twenty four mm-hmm. something like that million dollars was given for the arena and the whole area around it, and and another $74 million, I think, on top of that for some of the um, the land where those structures are to, to get the whole residences and coffee shops and all that stuff. Now, and none of it's to, happened. To that point, Is that money that was given to them or are those tax breaks where by doing oh, something they'll recapture some of the tax? It was money that was earmarked, I think, for the downtown development fund. So this um, is... The law had... So this, this brings up the point that I really hate about this whole story. It's very easy to attack a billionaire for not spending his money when he said he was going to. Right. I don't think the Illiches did anything that most land developers, rich people, or even individuals on a small level would do, which was ask for a lot and receive it from the government. 
I don't know where where the complaint is against uh, John Walsh, the guy that wrote the bill, or Snyder who signed it, or Shooty who even when received a complaint, I think from a Detroit representative said that, nope, this is totally constitutional to take this money that's earmarked for public schools and give it to this. So I don't understand where that outrage is because it's just easier to attack the people that are still around in the position they're in. Well, there was outrage when that happened. There were a lot of folks that did not yeah. like this at all when this happened. What, what, 2013 when it first started getting discussed? Yeah, it was it was pretty hot, and yeah, it was yeah. a big topic in, in City Hall because City Hall was mainly concerned that Detroiters get some of those jobs. And that didn't happen either, at least not to the promise. No. no, because they counted it in into the budget because they knew they would get fined. They were they were well aware with that. I think it's I think I'm just surprised now because now it's is where's the rest of this development? But where are the people that hold their feet to the fire? And then you find out like, oh, it was never really written in that they had to build these things. And that's what's disgusting about it. But I don't think they did anything that most rich people would do. So what you're saying is don't fault Ming the merciless because he's really no more merciless than other dictators or powerful people fault the people who said we're going to give you you can't you can't do this dirty deal without our permission we're giving you permission and so therefore it's sort of the old argument about that reference uh, was way over my head make, uh, yeah, I, I, i'd rather I go with dennis about, green who said uh, they are who we thought they were i'm sorry i wasn't listening <laughs> you heard ming the merciless and it went anywhere it. wow oh, look, look, I, <laughs> oh, I, you, <laughs> I, I hear ming the merciless i just think dale arden from uh, the flash another one way over my head oh god she's beautiful but but it's it's sort of the, the story about the woman uh, is going to cross the river and the alligator says i'll take you across the river and and she says, yeah, but you're an alligator. Why would I trust you? And he says, no, no, I'm just going to get you across the river. And he says, no, no, you're going to eat me. And she says, and the alligator says, no, I, I'm going to take you across the river. And the woman says, you promise? And the alligator says, I promise. And they get in the river, and she's on the alligator's back, and he rolls over and kills her. And as she's dying, she says, you told me you wouldn't eat me. And he says, biatch, I'm an alligator. <laughs> So you I want just, us to I, go after the women, not the alligators. I don't know why people are, are that surprised by it. It's just, at this point, the only thing that can be done is to shame them enough publicly to where they maybe put up the hotel. Maybe I, I think part of the difference now, shame, is... shame the lawmakers who gave them carte blanche no, to talking about shame or, the or the shame illiches. The illiches. Talking, yeah. talking about shame of the illiches. Yeah. The difference here is, and you, to your point, talking about other land developers and so on and so forth, there's one thing to get tax breaks. It's another thing to get tax subsidies, yeah. right? Which is what they got. They they got actual cash that came from future uh, pots for the school, and, and it didn't all come from there. But that was part of most of it, from. yeah. And that and that's the idea. And not only that, when we're that getting happened, nothing, Detroit in was in bankruptcy when this happened, right? Plus, just the, the, the all the other issues in the city and the fact that you tie in the public schools, and you think, okay, it's not a great deal. Well, we'll get this new arena. We'll build all this stuff. You don't love it. A lot of people didn't like it, but you think, well, you know, maybe it connects to Midtown. All that bullshit. Can I say that, by the way? Yes, you say whatever yes, you, you want. And it just you, means you're bad. It's, it's not great, but at least it's something. Well, the problem is the something is still not there, and that's yep. why. People, and it's not that they're shocked; they're pissed, and I don't blame them. Well, there's there's two issues here. One is you justify diverting public money because you're creating things that will drive the economy. So if I take and I'm just making this number up, $50 million out of uh, whatever tax fund that's going to be used for whatever. The reason I justify that is because I say I have a billion-dollar development that's going to create $100 million in taxes, so I have a net gain of $50 million, and if we don't do it, then I'm not going to have anything. So 
So that's fair enough. I, I, I'll i buy that but math, not, but, but you have to do something. That's the problem. If you're going to do something that's going to create economic energy, you can't just take the money and then not do create it. it. Where is, we've given you the raw materials, where is the damn product? You cut down the tree, where's my two by four? I, I'm sorry, real quick. I think the other reason people aren't totally shocked at this is because of Dan Gilbert. Whatever else you say about him, he has built things. Yeah. And he keeps building things. And I think people thought, well, that was going to happen with the Illich family with this. And it's not getting built, even though they have, have built some things. But they haven't built the kind, same kinds of things. And I think people thought the energy would flow over to that family one way or the other, and it, it has not. Well, mun- municipalities in general need to stop buying the lie that a new arena brings in X amount of millions of dollars in economic stimulus because it just doesn't. The data's been, not there. It's been uh, proven time and time again. And this one is even worse because the city gets... Zero. You give all that money and you don't get the jobs to build it, and then I guess you get jobs to operate it, but you don't don't How get many any more? of the profit, right? How many more? Now, all those parking lots you're talking about? Nothing. They don't get zero. Any of that. They get zero of that. Zero of ticket sales. Zero of concessions. Yeah. Do you zero. remember going to Tiger Stadium when you bought your three dollar bleacher ticket? And it was four dollars because there's a one dollar city surcharge. Yeah. Why can't they throw that on there so we can give some money back to the city? I. I, I <laughs> I mean, this is where I fault the city council and the mayor for letting him go through with a soft deal. And The and, state, though. And you want to go after the state for this. So this is my second point that we're exposing a problem is a lot of the people who voted for that, they're already gone from the legislature. Exactly. Because yeah. the term limits, you can do dirt when you're in Lansing. You get the hell out of there before you have to suffer the consequences of your, your poor decisions. And I'm not saying this is a poor decision. I'm just saying, let's for the sake of argument, let's say this was a disaster. You're out of there before the ramifications are felt. So- and, and so voters can't can't uh, hold you accountable. And why do you make maybe make bad decisions? Because maybe you're looking for a job. Ugh. You know the the speaker of the house who was involved in some pretty generous deals for Dan Gilbert when he got term limited out. He's now a consultant too. A Dan Gilbert. Yeah, what a surprise. It's not just the jobs though. It's just this this fealty to this sort of unbridled capitalism. That's what it is. That's Ann Arbor checking in. Hey, think about this, too. A lot of those folks in the legislature, where are they from? The from what district are they representing? Yeah. I mean, think about it. And, uh, well, they're not representing Detroit because I'll tell you, most well, of our Detroit reps But look who's in the disaster. arena. And as Nancy Kaffer, one of our editorial writers, pointed out in a column today, the free Great press. Great column, yeah. Yeah, right? Look, uh, who's in the arena? Yeah. Who's in the seats? Where are they coming from? Well, if there's anyone in the seats. Yeah, not many people. The they're coming, even for the Pistons games, they're coming down on the freeways. They're getting off right there, and they're going right back out. So who was all this built for in the first place? And they're supposed to be spending that Detroiters? money down there, though. Was it built for – was this – Of course not. Absolutely. But you would think there'd be some kind of tax base. Now, it was interesting because as time went on and people realized what a bad deal it is, and then they're wooing the Pistons, and they want another – oh, boy, was it $54 million to build – um, stuff for the Pistons, the practice facility and that. And so then city council passed the jock tax, which is only going to allegedly bring in $1.3 million a year. That is, you're going yeah, to have to pay paying it off forever. They're not paying property taxes. At least no. it's negligible. One thing I'll say about Gores is they are building a practice facility. But they're getting money they for tax it. No, they are. That. Right. Yeah. At least I mean, it's a building. No, but this is this is the crazy thing is when we say, why are we subsidizing billionaires? These are people who have the resources to make a plan like that work. Um, and then we come up with all these crazy public financing thing. And I, I happen to disagree with you guys. I mean, I've, I've been hanging out in that area around, um, around Woodward where the, the ballpark and where the football stadium were back when it was, 
when it was hookers and when it was burlesque theaters and when it was it was porno shops. Of course it, you were. It's much nicer. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I drove by. I, I you did, mean hanging I, out? I well, <laughs> living. Let's put it this way. The hookers had stuff hanging out. I didn't. <laughs> and not just because it was cold. Is it better? It's a much better area. And the yes. housing around there is through the roof. Brush Park for years was a place you wouldn't want to be caught dead. Now it's too late to buy a million-dollar condo there. So but, but, those have stimulated the economy. It has brought back the city of that's Detroit. That's not the illegitimate. And it though. is bringing people in from the suburbs to come to these places and then they're going right to spend back money. Home. But they're spending, they're their spending money, money in the arena, which they get nothing. They used to spend it in Pontiac. Oh, that was happening regardless. It was. It was yeah. a wave, that was so a wave coming. I don't have a problem with us getting in bed with these billionaires and these owners to well, do you have projects. To. But, but those projects have got to have a better return for us. Or you know what you need to do? You need to say, okay, you're going to give us all this stuff. When are you going to give it to us by? Okay, if you don't give it to us by that date, then we penalize you. They, got, put, the, they got the arena in on time. They did, but but where are all those bars and restaurants well, and, and the, uh, the hotels and the shops? There's, there's another interesting angle to me about this, and I'd love to get both of your opinions. Because, uh, you know, journalism, you're journalists. Well, why did it take, well, one of you. AJ. I'll let you guys argue about which one. Um, why did it take HBO, for an outsider coming in, to really get this going? Wouldn't I? Wouldn't you think the free press would be constantly hammering this story? Well, we we did a lot when we wrote a, a lot, and as did everybody else when it all happened, right? Yeah, and, Fox Two covered the debate when it was going on in City Council. So did Charlie was big on this way back when he was pounding his boots on the table yeah, like a like a little Khrushchev. But it's also one of the things that got him disenfranchised and. But, the, but he wanted to leave because of it. Your question, Charlie? Yeah, Charlie you wanted know. to go national. That's why he wanted to leave. He, he's he's but if he's, he's getting pushed back on certain stories. I don't think he was getting pushed okay. back from Fox on those stories. I mean, Charlie Charlie's a very talented guy. He's a big fish in a small pond. He wanted to be a bigger fish in a bigger pond. I mean, that's why he did the Americans. That's why he's he's he went out and wrote another book. I mean, you can't keep you know you can't keep an elephant. In a birdcage. He's a big guy. You don't think there's a fear or, um, I, I don't like conspiracy, but maybe a fear of reporting on the Illiches in this no, market? I think there's not time to do it. But but the free press, as Sean mentioned a moment ago, looked at this issue with all the parking lots. We did. You know, and and, that wasn't that long ago. People have scrutinized this, and those are, uh, those are you know, I think I think the, the thing now with HBO coming in, and, and Cranes did a big thing before say, HBO they did, did, they did, is that at the time it's happening, Everything's theoretical, right? Like if you give us $100 million, we're going to give you all these wonderful things. And so you write about the time, well, if this happens, they say they'll do that. You have to give it time to actually happen or not happen. They so have it's, deadlines, right? Right. And so the reason why it's such a big deal now is because people are looking at their calendar and they're saying, holy crap. Where are the backhoes? Where's all this stuff? You got the money. You, and I, I assume they got the money. I don't know what the Illiches have said about this. I, I haven't followed this story as closely, but- they're mad but, at the media today. But well, you know, they're always mad at Which the media because they're 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 not they don't have a very let's say savvy media uh strategy which is listen to questions, provide answers and, you know, come what may. All they need to do is get the back hose and start digging. Do you think they will? Anytime they, soon. What suggests maybe with that, that hotel. Yeah, right. I mean, but you know they're sitting there going, ah, why are we going to put the money in this hotel? We don't think we're going to get you, you know they know who how many people are going to be staying there. Well, they did enough studies. They knew they could knock down one of them, right? That they could only support one of the hotels. So, right. so somebody know. put some homework into this. Right. But there's a hotel tax. There's money for the city right there. 
I don't know if they'll be shamed into it, but does this embolden the city, right? Or maybe even somebody in Lansing. That, and then... The, what can they do? Dom, I don't know. It, it'd be all, it'd get well, tied up the, in court. Right? When the city Problems? went bankrupt, they did clawbacks for the retirees. They felt that some of the uh, annuities were too generous, that people had been paid way too much on money they diverted for retirement. And so as part of the bankruptcy, they said, guess what, folks? I know we told you if you gave us $50,000, we'd give you $100,000. Well, now we're taking $25,000 back. So there is a precedent, but it has to be an extreme situation, and it has to be one of these deals where you you have the power of a a judge who can be basically a demigod. We don't have that in this case, and I'm— you know, I, I guess where I sit on this thing is I, I spent some time in Chicago where tax increment finance districts where they divert taxes to support projects because they know when the projects are up and running, they'll pay more taxes. I think that's a reasonable way to do business, particularly when you can't get financing from banks to make these deals go. The real question is, when is it going to be realized? And I think for the Illiches, the question that they need to answer now is, if it's not there, why isn't it there? Why is it overdue? What are you doing to get it here? What can you do to restore pu- public confidence in you? And, and you do have an obligation. You do have to answer to the public because you're using our money to do it. If it's your money, you do whatever the hell you want. But when it's our money or money that we should be getting that's being diverted to you, you're obligated to answer to us. And if you're not answering to us, our public officials, our representatives are supposed to represent us and say, hey, we need some answers. What's the progress report? Maybe that's what we need to do. You see, Congress always have these special committees like, why did gas prices go up overnight? Maybe the legislature or the city council needs to have a hearing where they call people to testify. They have subpoena power. They can bring people in and say, hey, it's time for an update on this. You told us some stuff to get our support. What is it? Where are you? What's your answer? I mean, going back to Kilpatrick, when he first said he was going to knock down more houses than any mayor ever— the first sort of critical story I ever did on Kilpatrick was I waited till his deadline hit. He had knocked down all the houses he said he was going to knock down. I made an appointment. I gave him a little grace period. Then I waited like another couple weeks or a month, made an appointment and said, hey, you said you're going to knock down this many houses by now. You haven't. What's your explanation? And he provided an explanation. It wasn't a great one, but that's what you do, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we are now is where people have to say, hey, HBO has noticed that this shit ain't happening. It's time for local people here to say, come in and answer some questions. The media cannot compel people to do that. We can ask questions. We can put a microphone in somebody's face. We can leave messages and what have you. But it's the public officials who signed off on this who have the power, and I would say have the obligation to get us these answers when they're not freely provided. I don't think there are any sacred cows in that way. I mean, at least with this group, this family. In terms of the free press, in terms of... Certainly, the news cranes. I just, I, don't, I mean, you. No, guys. I don't think anybody's cutting him a pass. But you know, and, and I've been, I've been uh, a defender of the Illiches in the past because I think they were sort of the first folks to come in and invest some money and get things going with the Fox Theater and with, uh, you know, the, the renovations they did to the ballparks and to the hockey rink. Now they had good deals on those, but they put some of their money in here when people weren't doing that. But the other day when I was going to see Carmack in court, I parked at a very nice surface lot right across from Comerica Park that at one time had been the very unique and interesting Madison Lennox Hotel that the the Illiches borrowed a million dollars from the city to knock down, and they said they were going to have a development there 
And here we are 20 years later, and it's still just a beautiful surface parking lot. The Madison Lennox Hotel would have been quite an undertaking to renovate, but if they had, it would have been one of the coolest little boutique hotels They renovated hotels the book downtown. Cadillac, right? Exactly. If you, can, if you can do that, you can certainly do that. Exactly. And by the way, to the, the, the other point of the HBO piece, which in some ways is maybe the most unsettling issue in all this, is what you just said. They bought up all that money yeah. and then sat on it to depress the value, right? Which I guess is just business. But when you're messing with public funding that way, and a city that's got all, all that blight, and you just kind of—if no one's going to make them develop it, right? Why right. would they? But it just—it it just doesn't it's sit well. well. It, it is. That's a good word for it. I'll it tell you who has a, a legitimate beef with them. Everybody south of I-75, the traffic jam over on uh, on Canfield, uh, Town Pump, over there on um, on uh, Elizabeth. Um, all right, I, I, I think they're blocked north of that. But any, at any rate, these are places that for years were you told— You mean north of 75? I mean south of 75, on the other side of 75, on the riverside. On the Fox, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh okay. The Foxtown. Yeah. They, they had all these horrible-looking bare lots out there, dirt lots with chain-link fences, and they basically were told, be patient, because when we build the stadium here, you're all going to get rich. It's going to be worth all we're putting you through. So what do they do in the end? They build it on the other side of 75, and then they announce we're going to build a whole neighborhood. We don't have to go to the traffic jam. We don't have to go to Town Pump. We don't have to go to Centaur. We don't have to go to Cliff Bells. We don't have to go to the Park Bar. Man, that's... (sighs) Once again, who do you blame, the alligator or the lady? Well, in this case, I blame them both. I, you know, I don't like alligator eating lady eating alligators, and I don't like ladies. Yeah, alligators got to eat, man. Alligators. Well, the businesses were already. got to play. What are, you, what are you blaming them for? for? <laughs> Who's that now? The businesses were, were already there. They're not at blame. Oh, no, I don't, I don't blame the traffic jam and the town pump and all those guys. I, I do think. I just the, mean but at the time, them. those lots were dirt lots. They were supposed to be surfaced. They're supposed to be paved. They're supposed to have decorative lighting. They're supposed to have nice fences, not chain link fences. It never happened. And the city, and I think everybody else, kind of cut them a little bit of a break saying, you know, it's going to be worth it in the end. No. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. The Illich's ears must be burning, but don't feel bad for him because if they have earrings, they have giant diamonds in them. But we're kind of dragging them into the great debate because they own the arena, which is at the center of our great debate, which is, is Detroit a basketball town or a hockey town? Sean and I have debated this for years. I don't know whether he's seen the light, but I will just open the discussion by saying um, we are known as hockey town, so argument over, next feature up, time to get a Shasta. We're done here. I've been here way too long already. I'm going to make sure I start phoning this in again, right? Can I do that? <laughs> can I get back out on the road? Because I don't think I can take much more of this. Detroit, a hockey town. Really? It's the hockey town. It says it on the ice. Where you live, Gross Point, that's fine. That's a hockey town. Trenton, that's a hockey town. Wayne, that's a hockey town. She's more of a shuffleboard town. I mean, first of all, the whole area is a football town. So we're, yeah. we're so where I live on the east side, that's a feather bowling town. Okay, can't you cafe, brother? But when we say Detroit, if you mean Detroit, the region, like most Gross Pointers do, that's fine. You can argue maybe oh. it's a hockey town. Oh. If we say Detroit, the city of Detroit, it is absolutely a basketball town over a hockey town. So why were people Dude. more excited about Steve Eisenman coming to town 
than the first playoff game at LCA. Where were those people? Ever. Oh, that, that's easy though. Where were those people? That's expectations. Nobody expected the Pistons to win a game, much less the series. But now there's some hope for Red Wing fans because Eiserman's back. Right. I'll tell you what, if we're having a press conference in June, and this isn't going to happen, um, the lottery's already set, but if we're having a press conference in late June and introducing Zion Williamson as the next Piston, huge. I, it, would be, it would dwarf what I, the return of Eiserman. You mean the guy in that Detroit. Xavier Tillman dominated? That guy? <laughs> yes. In Detroit. Oh. In Detroit. I don't think the so Pistons can do anything that would even even rival the energy and the excitement that a big announcement from the Red Wings. Let's can break do. it down. Let's. Uh, let, what do you mean by town? There was a debate over Lewis for Hughes, and the Free Press actually had a tracker to see how badly the Red Wings were doing to see if they'd have a chance to get the number one overall draft pick, Jack Hughes. Nobody was talking about whether the Pistons should tank because nobody just gives a damn about the Pistons. Well, because they're bad right now, as the Wings are. Yeah, but people are still excited about a bad Red Wings team. I don't think people are excited about a really? bad. Really, judging by team. our metrics, really, um, at the Free Press, and that's just you know your algorithm. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Pistons do equally well. It, it depends on what you're writing about. If you're writing about draft picks or the future or whatever, like which Eisenman represents the future, that's going to do well. But again, get back to your idea of what Detroit. What's Detroit? What do we mean by Detroit? Uh, you keep skipping this. You keep avoiding this because it's uncomfortable for you. What do we I mean by it. Detroit? Help, help me out you, there, uh, Washtenaw County. What do we C- mean the by city or the metro area? Yeah, exactly. Because it's different. If you say Detroit's a basketball t- uh, hockey town, I think the seven hundred fifty thousand residents would largely disagree with you. I think th- I think the number of people who have come to see Red Wings games compared to the number of people who have come to see Pistons games since they left Auburn Hills. Auburn Hills is a basketball town. Detroit. Is not when you compare okay. it to. So you're arguing that the region, numbers, asses and seats, to... is a big deal. People will not. People would drive a long way to go watch the Pistons, but they won't drive a long way or even take the Q line to see the Pistons. I, I would say Red Wing fans are f- by far more passionate, but I think based on strict numbers, because basketball generally is a more popular sport, there's probably more fans of basketball. There are. There are probably more basketball fans, but in terms of what business do I want to run in the city of Detroit, I want to own a oh, hockey so you're team. Moving the goalposts, if we can bring in another bad <laughs> sports uh, analogy, uh, yeah. Sport, yeah. Tank, tank for who? Tank for Kyler Murray? Sorry, getting on the Lions business. There's a draft this week for the Lions, right? Look, you say it's a hockey town because you can love hockey. Can we disband the team? <laughs> no, you... because I see people who will spend a lot of money to go to hockey games, and hockey tickets are more expensive than basketball tickets. I don't see a lot of people who are going out of their way to go to basketball. Now, there may be more people in Detroit who like basketball, sell, how many straight but they've been priced out. Did Auburn Hill, did the Palace get? What, 10 years of straight sellouts? Yeah. More or less? That's good yeah, point. but I think the Red Wings are technically still people getting were trekking, sellouts, but the Pistons are not. People were trekking up there from all over the... That's what I say. There. Auburn Hills is basketball town. See, now you're I the wonder, one expanding were, the definition of Detroit. They were coming from the entire metro... What do you mean? They all they just were, They were from not Auburn coming Hills? from metro Detroit. They were coming from Clarkston. They were coming from Grand Blank. They were coming, coming from, from Ann Arbor. They were coming from... They are uh, coming from Detroit. Watercrest Sandwichville to watch the Pistons. Kwame, Kwame went from Detroit to watch the Pistons up in the Palace with a couple security guards. And now he's in Philadelphia watching guys play basketball in the yard. <laughs> Tickets are free, but you can't leave when the game's over. I think uh, Red Wing fans spend more money. They seem to be. I think that's part of the being the fanatic. Like every Red Wing fan seems to have a sweater, but does every Pistons fan have a jersey? No. God, I but hope I, not. There's some flabby Piston fans out there. I don't well, want to see those. I, I gotta say, 
who the hell wears a basketball jersey because it's a tank top? It's just a weird Rob look. Walchak. Okay, here's a, here's a question for <laughs> well, you. And there's no way that he's got some pipes. You could maybe go back and look at this, but I, here's a question for you: If they were if they were both in the respective finals, so the Pistons were in the the finals, and the Wings were in the Stanley Cup finals, what would the local ratings be? Who would who would have the higher local ratings? Who would draw more casual sports fans in, among the four and a half million people that live in our metropolitan area? Which team? The Detroit great question. The Detroit Red Wings. I, it's a great question. I honestly don't know. I would think. I would think the Pistons. Would I would just too, because just because generally basketball. more people. Yeah, more people more, like basketball. Yeah. But you have a right to be wrong, and you're wrong. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork! Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek, or we're turning into cool guys? My upper lip is numb, which is weird because of this surgery. Um, and our dishonorable mention for Geek of the Week has an entirely numb skull. That's Rudy Giuliani, who went on TV and said, Hey, hey, what's wrong with taking stuff from the Russians? Ronald Reagan, I'm surprised we don't have, uh, uh, not the Grateful Dead, what's the, the movie with the, everybody likes with the zombies and they march? I don't the know. Walking Cable. Dead? The Walking Dead, yeah. yeah. Where's Walking know. Dead Ronald Reagan that's your going down? Not knowing. I that's why I'm lost in this HBO <laughs> stuff. I'm like, what's this What's this hobo thing we're talking about? It's like, no, it's HBO. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. But um, where's zombie Ronald Reagan walking through Washington saying, guys, it's the evil empire. We yep. don't work with the Russians. Now, we might send a Bible to the Iranians, but we don't work with the Russians. But sorry, Rudy. You're not even cool enough, and thanks for getting rid of the comb over. That was silly. That was very silly. But do you think when he said that he uh, realized how bad it hadn't started because he started kind of backtracking immediately? Like, oh, I I wouldn't recommend it, but uh, what's the big he deal? He said so many things where he gets out there and he starts battling. I think he just he loves to engage, and then he gets out there and he pushes his point, and then he kind of takes a breath and says. Oh, didn't sound so good. You know what? That's, outside my head, as it did in my head. He was told to say it, right? I mean, he's just reading. He's got a job. His, yeah, exactly. somebody's somebody's putting him that's out there. Why people quote unquote hate the media because he's good television and he keeps getting put on. Yeah, but he's he's the president's network. advisor. The media sure, didn't and that's say. Why he likes Let's him. see what this funny looking dude from New York has to say about it. The president said, "Here's my point guy on it," and he's put out there. But but Rudy Giuliani. You're a dick, but you're not. You're not geek of the week. It's it's Mohammed bin Salman, the uh, crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Now I hope that this doesn't result in all of us being massacred. But this guy is a pig. He is the leader of a horrible country. Um, I don't want to condemn everybody in the country because I realize most of them are only there because they can't be somewhere else. But in addition to killing journalists, ordering their murder, and getting away with it, he recently beheaded 37 people. I mean, he didn't personally do it because he doesn't have the guts. But he had 3,737, excuse me, I'm, I'm on uh, all kinds of opioids here. He had 37 people beheaded, including a kid named Mushtaba al-Swikat, and I apologize if I've mispronounced your name. Since you're dead, I guess you won't correct me. But uh, he was going to go to Western Michigan University. Instead, he was arrested and ultimately beheaded on some trumped-up charges. And you know what he did? You know what his crime was? He protested. He attended a pro-democracy rally in 2012. And people say we can't afford 
to not be allies with Saudi Arabia. Well, I don't want to sell munitions. I don't want to buy oil, especially when we produce so much oil of our own from a country that kills kids. With a sword. With yeah. a sword. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't get it. No bases. No, no, no. That's is that's not geek. That's psychopathic. Yeah, that's uh that's bad words I can't say on this show, but they would say a lot on all the other shows on the Red Shovel Network. Mm-hmm. But so uh is it MBS, MDS, whatever it is? Yeah. D bag, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. You are our geek of the week. And don't don't kill me. We've had a lot of blondies on Room 7609 lately, Transvision Vamp uh, being one of my very, very favorites. But it's time for the blondie. Of course, blondie, whatever her, Drew, what's her real name? Any idea? Uh, Blondie's Debbie. real name. Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry. Damn, that was an easy one. Okay, we're not going on Jeopardy. <laughs> but, you know, it's so easy to say, you know, everybody sounds like Blondie, Blondie so this, Blondie so that. Well, we're going to tell you something about Blondie that you don't know because she was iconic. She did redefine uh, the uh, female lead singer in the 70s and the 80s. But here's what you didn't know about Blondie. That she, like a lot of other new wave artists, and I could call her post-punk, you know, I, I have a broad definition of, of new wave, recorded a James Bond theme song. And there's a great subgenre out there of James Bond theme songs that never got chosen. And in this case, we're going to play Blondie's For Your Eyes Only, and then we'll ask you, which one did you like better, hers or Sheena Easton's?
no disrespect to Sheena Easton, my fellow Scottish heritage person, but Blondie wins. I don't know how the hell the uh, Broccoli family didn't pick Blondie for, for your eyes only. I mean, the Sheena Easton song does have a Bond feel to it, maybe. But so, I like Blondie's version is really good. I thought with Room 7609 you were going to bring out Hanging on the Telephone. Right. That's kind of a little obscure Blondie, although it's a hit. It's, and it's not original. There's no, a, The Nerves did it. Yeah, which is a great version. Those guys are terrific. Yes. That would be a really fun one to do. But And, you know, Peter Case from The Nerves went on to The Plimsolls. Oh, did he? Well, there's, <laughs> that's right in the heart. A million miles away. Age. Yes. It course. always comes back to new, The Plimsolls. Think of the Nick, Nick Cage new movie, right? Uh, yeah, Valley Girls. Valley Girls. Yeah. Was yep. in that. I would say they chose that song because if they, if they chose the Blondie version, they had to remake the movie. That was by far Roger Moore's worst movie. Uh, four, eyes, four Your Eyes Only. It's terrible. And there's way too much energy in the song we just heard to match the lifeless sort of corpse well, of Four Your Eyes Only. And if James Bond had gone to Dr. Yaldo, he wouldn't have Four Eyes Only. He'd have the cat's custom LASIK because Roger Moore was getting pretty old at that point. But but I, I love this song. I love Blondie, and I love the sound of it. I love the guitars. I love the, the lyrics. Quine geology. Does anybody even know what the hell Quine geology is? Negative. The the something the 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 message was roses. I mean, it's the kind of nonsensical lyrics, but they sound great. And this whole what I think people don't understand is it's not like somebody calls Sir Paul McCartney and says you're doing the next Bond theme. It's like no, they call McCartney, they call somebody else, they call somebody else, they say do it, and we'll pick what it is. They took "Live and Let Die" his demo and said, okay, now who's going to do the final version? Yeah. <laughs> We could get uh, the Proclaimers to do it or somebody or some some band that's hot at the time. You know, the guys who will never be back again. Like the uh, Pet Shop Boys did a song for The Living Daylights, which was a pretty good tune. But they ended up going with Aha because Aha was the hotter band. They had Take On Me at the time. And they did a fine Living Daylights song. It's one of their three hits. And maybe one week we'll play their third hit, which is barely a hit. But was the Timothy Dalton Bond movie, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Is there the just Dance. one? Two. Two, Two okay. Timothy Dalton's. Um, Johnny Cash did a version of Thunderball, and it's unlike these other ones. He actually sang Thunderball, the lyrics that Tom Jones did. But you know, how are you going to beat Sir Tom Jones? I mean, that was just a great one. It was, but was. Uh, and a great movie, by the way. It was a great one. It was so when I when think t- we're in Sean's wheelhouse with Bond films. Yes. Well, to right. live and die. I was going to say to live and die in L.A. Sorry, to live and let die is also, also a good song though. And Wayne Chung, a great. I'm sure you guys band. haven't seen it in forever. Oh God! It's a no. painful to live watch. And let die? Oh, oof, what? Oof. To live? Oh, oh no, no. Sorry, I was thinking you only live twice, which is outstanding. That's fabulous. It's outstanding. Although I want to know why James Bond is wearing spats when he's running through some Japanese <laughs> industrial headquarters. But the the idea with Room Seven Six Hundred Nine is to bring some of these new wave lost gems, I guess, to take them out, put them on the display case, polish them up, and. And we want to know what you'd like to hear. If you've got a suggestion for us, we've taken your suggestions before, and you've turned us on to some great tunes. Write us at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. Give us a phone call at 313-Butterfield-89070. That's 288-9070 for you squares out there. Um, do we do we agree that this is better than Sheena Easton? Do you like Sheena Easton? Uh, not particularly, no. Yeah, my, my baby takes the morning train. I mean, Ugh. Sugar Walls was Prince's song. Yeah, yeah, and I wonder how she got the right to record that one. 
Prince had quite the stable of women he groomed um, to. I believe uh, Prince stuffed her. <laughs> uh, maybe some sugar walls were involved there too. Yes. And then my baby took the morning train out of Minneapolis and. Uh, Boring. Yeah, she's gone. But um, but Blondie, man, how can you how can you go wrong? So, before we go, we want to touch a base with you on some of your emails that you've been sending us, Tim. We uh, really appreciate hearing from you at mlsoulofdetroit@gmail.com. My man Tim writes, I really enjoy the podcast. Admire your restraint in talking with Daniel Ferguson, who is in total denial. <laughs> Don't know if you remember the emergency no-bid demolition Ferguson did on the Donovan Motown building days before the Super Bowl in 2006. I do remember it. Nobody else did because it came and went so fast. Another Kilpatrick. Well, he says Kwame, but I'm going to call him Kilpatrick. Sweetheart deal. Four buses used the lot for the game for the Super Bowl. So, Tim, well done. If you are wondering what Tim is talking about, he's talking about the Kwame Bro Show, one of our episodes from a couple weeks ago. You can check out all of our old episodes at mlsoulofdetroit.com or on whatever service you use to get your podcast. We really appreciate you listening to all the Red Shovel Network shows. Call us, write us, rate us, unless you hate us, and just keep listening. We appreciate your time. You've been listening to ML Soul of Detroit on the Red Shovel Network. Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Be around next week for a story I like to call Skid Row. Maybe you think it's Bleecker Street, New York City, east of 6th Avenue, or in San Francisco. At any rate, it's the longest street in the world. It's anywhere you go from Skipper Street in Antwerp to Wallamaroo, Sydney, Australia. From the Limehouse Causeway in London to Gore Street, Calcutta. It was back some years ago when I first ran into a guy named Mark Fellhauer. I'd seen him before that, and I saw him afterwards. But it was in 2019 in Ferndale where my association with him began and his strange story unfolded. Heard with me on this transcribed ML Elric's adventure were Wendell Holmes and Inga Adams. I'm Don Douglas. So until next week then, and skid roll, remember, adventure is where you find it. But don't look for it. It may find you. Remember to be with us next week for another episode in the series ML Elric Adventure. This is the Red Shovel Network Radio and Television Service.